Welcome, ladies and gents, to the Grim and Bloody Podcast. This show is a presentation of horror, thriller, and suspense, and is intended for mature audience. Join us at your own risk. Empire Saturday, December 28th at 6 15 p.m. Hopefully, I got that time right. That's what I'm reading here. Um, it's going to be a hell of a convention, a hell of a film festival. Um, you're going to want to be there because one of the, we're going to have Al there. He's going to be there somewhere in the lobby, possibly, maybe lurking about. You're, you're going to want to sit down and be on the podcast live at Spooky Empire, which is going to be freaking awesome. Um, also tonight we have the lead protagonist, Diana Garlay. Thank you. Hi. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Um, you Thank play you. Um, the lead protagonist who is in an accident by the name of Liza. Um, we have a lot to unpack from Nine Windows. Um, this will be a spoiler-free show. Uh, as I said in the last episode, we're going to sell the sizzle because you're just going to have to go to Squeaky Empire and sit down and watch this film live with the audience because it's that good and um, quality was excellent. And there was a pretty awesome behind-the-scenes production twist that hopefully we can get Lou to talk about just a little bit. Uh, but let me go ahead and introduce my cohorts. Kevin Nicholson, how are you doing, Kevin? Doing fine. Looking forward to talking about this film. Uh, it's a fun, fun film. Terrific. Oh, it is. It is. Al Omega, as we already discussed, host of Creature Features. How are you doing, Al? I'm holding up. Awesome. Well, I'm holding up. What? Uh, we don't know. But... <laughs> my fingernails. Okay. They're trying to use my toenails, but they don't let me hang by my toes anymore. <laughs> yeah. And Joe Flynn. Mr. Hello. Consistent, how you doing, Joe? Oh, I'm doing wonderful, and uh, I can't wait to talk about this film as well, guys, because I did watch it, and I, it's going to be fun. Yes, yes. Painless. So I'm going to turn the floor over to you, Lou. Um, well, we didn't do it in the last uh, episode. Uh, I want to give you a chance to talk about uh, Nine Windows, uh, a little bit about the, uh, the synopsis, um, and um, you can just jump to what really made you want to uh, create this film in the first place. Like, what got you started? Well, um, the idea came for me because I'm a huge uh, Alfred Hitchcock fan, and um, I was watching Rear Window probably for like I don't know the 25th time or something. And um, and I thought, man, you know, times have changed so much because it used to be at one point like you know you're watching it and he's like you know, looking through people's windows to see what they're doing. And nowadays we're like publicly displaying our entire lives for the world to see, you know, so how, how much have changed it, you know, the world has changed in 60 years or, or so. And um, I guess, wow, it's going to be 70 years next year. 
because that that came out in 1954. Um, and um, and I thought, well, so if it would if, if it were today, you know, the windows instead of being, you know, the windows of their of his neighbors, it would be windows on a computer screen. Um, and so it just it just went, you know, into that. I was like, you know, this is a modern retelling of that story, obviously, you know, amped up because it's more of a horror film than the original was, you know, the original was more of a thriller. Uh, this is more of a horror film. And um, the idea being that Liza has been in an accident and, and is in a wheelchair and uh, is just, you know, spending lots of time watching this, you know, fictitious you know website that's kind of like youtube meets i i don't know uh, some kind of neighbors type you know uh, situation and uh and she witnesses uh what she thinks is a dog being murdered and it just goes on from there you know she just keeps she keeps it's it's a serial killer that's kind of um broadcasting all his murders online and there's some back and forth about whether it's really happening or not and so on. So I did want to you know, ask that there is a first that's going on here. Um, and it's something about the first to film entirely in the LED uh, format. What kind of problems did that present or did it present any <laughs> issues for you? I mean, it did. It did it, it's a great it's technology, bold. obviously. It's <laughs> bold. I will say it's very bold, but I can imagine that it created a little bit of, you know, issue for you. I mean, it's, it's definitely more limiting than shooting, you know, live on location um, mm -hmm. because you're basically shooting, in, you know, in one direction. So in order to shoot the reverse of anything, you basically have to turn everything around in the in the um, actual sets. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, maybe Disney for, you know, the Mandalorian or something like that had some kind of revolving, you know, stage, but we <laughs> didn't. So we literally had to like move <laughs> all the furniture around, you know, mm -hmm. when we wanted to do a reverse. So it, so as a director, you have to kind of like think really far ahead, like, okay, what, what else do we need to get from this angle? Because once we turn, you know, once we turn everything around, it's too much hassle to turn it back. So like, you have to be thinking, I don't know, sometimes we would do two scenes all in one direction before doing it the other way, just because it took so much time to reverse everything, you know, on the stage. Was it a, a budgetary decision uh, to film uh, on uh, Full Sail Studios or was it, um, I just want to try something different, maybe like a, a, a time-saving technique where you don't have to, you know, pay for uh, a large production crew or scouting crew to visit different areas. Um, like, what, what was the decision around uh, filming with Full Sail? We, we haven't come across any films using the Unreal Engine yet, so that was an interesting twist. Um, but what was your decision making around it? It was really we we wanted the challenge to be honest, and and I mean this is really the future of filmmaking, right? Like it's going to be used more and more and more. So it was like, okay, we want to be in you know ahead of everybody in learning this technology and so it was an opportunity 
to work with them um, and to have them, you know, also use us sort of like a guinea pig, if you will, you know. So it was like a very perfect timing of two people who needed two things. We needed a stage to, to shoot in and then they needed somebody to try out their their stage. And so it, it just gave us this um, opportunity for both of us to learn and everybody was learning on set. Like nobody had used this technology before because it's so new. Um, so that was a challenge as well, I guess, is, you know, everybody, oh, I guess we can't do that. <laughs> okay. You know, so it was, it was a, there was a learning curve. Um, and the fact that we finished on time and on budget is kind of miraculous to be honest, but. Well, I think, I think that speaks to your, to your directing too. I think that you came in with a really distinct vision that really helped propel kind of the shooting process like I it did there were moments that I guess there was a lot of downtime waiting but I think for the most part the way that our shooting schedule kind of worked it was rapid fire we did it in what like how many days did we did it take to shoot like, days, yeah yeah so it wasn't very much but I think that that uh there was such a camaraderie in pioneering this new technology and making it the best it can be that uh, I think that everybody just wanted to push through no matter what. And and even though there's there were still setbacks in terms of being able to, you know, you know, having to move things around, there was also the flexibility of we can be anywhere in the world with this technology. So we can do shots that are outside, but we can also do shots that are inside at 6 p.m. at 9.30 in the morning. So there were pros and cons to using this, this stage in terms of the availability of timing you know it was it's been the only set that i had a very strict nine to five it was really nice you know i would be like okay i have my whole my schedule where i can wake up at my you know regular time work out if i wasn't no one really worked out really but whatever woke up had coffee (laughs) and then and then go to set and then by five o'clock i would be like done you know and preparing for the next day which for me as an actor brought a lot of flexibility and and just some routine into being able to kind of get into a flow during during filming especially in such a short amount of time well yeah no my my question is going to be for you diana i was basically what was the most challenging part of being in the wheelchair so yeah so uh the character the character isn't completely disabled but she ends up um she you know she because of the car accident she loses mobility and so once i got cast i immediately asked lou or i think it was lou that she was like i have the wheelchair i was like can i borrow it and i that same day i think it was or the day after that lou cast me uh, I went, I picked up the wheelchair and then I just kind of started memorizing my lines, kind of like rolling through my apartment, trying to get used to it. Um, but even then we started shooting pretty soon after. And I think the the most difficult part is specifically has to do with the, with the set, because, uh, since we were using the unreal engine set, the led screens, we were kind of on a raised platform. And so there were times where it was like, well, we obviously can't get too close to the edge because we'll fall and also protect the LED screen. But 
I was in a wheelchair. So a lot of times like I couldn't see. And so I would just hear everyone go, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. You know? So that was the, that for me, I think was the challenge is like regaining a different kind of spatial awareness, not just because I have, I'm attached to something that's foreign to me as a person, but also the, the set that is so foreign in terms of uh, shooting something on film. And so delicate because those screens are very expensive and yeah they're i mean they're you know if you, if you have one little pixel that goes wrong then the whole thing you know messes up the the image so you have to be so careful with it um so, diana i have a question for you did you have to just this is kind of following up on what joe was talking about did you have to because you're in a wheelchair uh now and you don't have the luxury of like physical mobility with a character acting with your body so much. Uh, did you have to internalize a lot? I noticed that it's a very, your character is a very emotional, very fractured character. And was that something that you, did you relish that? Did it produce a difficulty for you? I think I think I wanted to use the difficulty to my advantage as an actor with this particular character um, because she isn't someone who grew up in a wheelchair. She just got into the wheelchair uh, due to the car accident that happens in the beginning. So that frustration of not being able to do things as commonly as I as I would normally do it or some or, you know, or as someone who is has had their legs fully functioning their whole life that frustration kind of i think helped build the character uh but it was definitely difficult at times and it was being very aware of like you know not realizing if i twitch or not you know and having that that it, it was like using both sides of my brain i think <laughs> of just making sure that it was authentic as much as i could but also using the fact that liza herself is very frustrated to be in the situation that she right. and and using that in order to internalize what happens in the, the rest of the film. We were, we were watching this, we were talking about it a bit. I have to ask, was the car scene in the beginning, was that shot also on this digital set? Okay. Um, so, you know, this is something new for me. I, I obviously haven't been on one of these. But I'm looking at this, I'm going, you know, okay, so all the walls are digital. How long before the floor or the ceiling? Oh. I, I say that not facetiously. You're talking about the difficulty of setting everything up and how easier would it be if the floor generated its own floor marks, you know, for where the table goes and the chair goes and whatnot. Not to mention um, all that you put the tile down to the bathroom and, and water and blood on the floor already. and and much easier to clean up. So how long do you think before we'll be seeing that? The, the, the floor, I'm sorry? Or the ceiling being LED? Oh, no, the ceiling, the, the ceiling is LED. Oh, okay. I yeah, yeah. yeah the, the ceiling, because it, it even provides the lighting so it looks more natural. So, I mean, I mean, the, the technology is amazing. I mean, it, it it will light the entire scene so that it looks like you're really in it, you know? So it's- Getting this close to the holodeck from Star Trek. <laughs> really close there. You're halfway there now. Now I have to say a bad word here. I'm gonna 
talk about a different movie. Have you seen Looker? 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 Oh, Ooh, what is that? Oh, oh gosh. Kevin, you're going to go with Joe Collector because that's, yes. that's the kind of hey. things I got. Hey, don't look hey, at me. Yeah, I know, don't I? Don't I? <laughs> um, but I keep forgetting, I'm the young one here. <laughs> yeah, you are. Looker uh, straight beat. 1981. Yes. Uh, James Coburn, Al, um, uh, Albert Finney, Susan Day. And the whole plot behind that one is they're paying uh, models to be surgically altered to be perfect, then scanning them, much like the people down in Hollywood are complaining about right now, <laughs> and then using computer generated versions of them uh, forever to do all their work on these uh, fake sets. And with this, we're not getting, we're getting really close there uh, to, to something like Looker showing up one day real, real soon. So I was wondering if you had seen that movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look for it for sure, yeah. It's I've never heard of it. It's a good movie. Definitely a good movie, so. Uh, I want to ask you one more little thing here, uh, and, and I, I don't want to be off base, but uh, Miss Simone, you're from Cuba. I am. Yeah. I, I've worked with. I have some good friends that came from Cuba. Oh. Uh, they worked very hard to not to come from Cuba. Uh, I actually used to steal airplanes. That's how he made it. He would borrow airplanes in the middle of the night, and that's how he taught himself to fly. Oh my God. Uh, and then flew over. That's how he made it. So a different way. So yeah, uh, pretty interesting. Uh, yes. So uh, I think I saw somewhere that you were. A kid, like five, six when you came? I was nine. Nine, nine. So you, know, you, you don't have a lot of memories. I, I, I often wonder what it's like over there. And, and the difference is growing up there to here. Must be very you know, I, I have You know, I have quite a bit of memory, actually, believe it or not. And, and I actually have a script about it. I do have a script about my family's um, trials and tribulations and then how we were able to get out. So it's but still there. It's a wound that doesn't heal, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, but my, my associates would would be right there with you on that one. <laughs> Thank you. So there is, um, I noticed today um, that you have released a trailer for Nine Windows Loop on YouTube. Yes, I had to. I had, I forgot what I, was, what I was doing it and it was like, it, it, I had to share and I was like, okay, I guess I have to release it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get right in time for the show. Um, so I wanted to take this time and either uh, yourself or Diana, um, if you would like to uh, uh, introduce the trailer, uh, we'll show it here for the uh, audience and then we'll come back and discuss it further. But uh, would you like to, uh, uh, who would like to provide a, a quick uh, intro of what uh, everyone's going to no, I'll let Diana, I'll let Diana do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll give you the floor. This is the trailer that Lou just released on YouTube. It's for Nine Windows. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Well, in this trailer, it doesn't give you many spoilers, but it gets you a look into what it's like when someone sits down and looks directly into your life via a computer screen, which I think is something that all of us can really relate to nowadays. And uh, the dangers, but also the the way it can also save somebody's life. And uh, I hope you enjoy. We need to decide soon. It's Liza's day. It should be whatever she wants. Hey kiddo, 
We're really proud of you. I know, Dad. Let's see what these losers are up to today. No, I've got too much work to sleep. So much trolling to do. We are gonna have to figure out if this is a hoax or not. <laughs> Not hallucinating. Stop playing online, detective. Leave the investigation to us. Uh, I gotta call the cops. It does look real. It is real. All the time I was with the bureau, this is the sickest one of all of them. I was wondering if anyone was on last night. So you're sure it was the same guy? I bet my life on that. Front door open. Amazing. Loved it. <laughs> now, you know, I, I made a this comment. This is a small about, taste of what you're going to see. Well, I made a comment about how, you know, a couple of us are the oldsters here, and I'm not a real computer-savvy person, so I am I'm I see the ad as nine windows, and I keep reading this, Windows 9, I'm like, what is this, a retro <laughs> thing about some, a computer-operating system that never that never was <laughs> or something? I keep getting that wrong. So. You know, when I heard the title Nine Windows uh, and I was watching the film, it felt like um, the character of Liza was trying to split her new life post-tragedy in, in nine different ways and just looking for some type of connection. And um, as the film got, uh, continued, um, you start to get the sense that, is she looking for herself or a, a new identity? Um, maybe she's looking for basically anything, um, because she is strapped to this chair. Um, and I, I had very strong Denzel Washington vibes in The Bone Collector with Angelina Jolie. It, it, it felt like that, especially with the uh, the physical therapist coming through. Um, it, it felt like she would she had this journey from um, going into Quantico and FBI training mm -hmm. to, um, and I want to give it any spoilers here, but it, it, it felt like The Nine Windows was actually maybe nine choices of which way her, her life can possibly go because her original choice in life, um, you know, it, it died along with her parents in that accident. Um, am I too far off here? Um, that was just my impression of it as I was watching. I mean, I think... Go for it, Lou. <laughs> no, 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 you, you, it's, it's, you're her, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's great. You know, I think that I think you're right to think that she she's looking for connect. Like, what do you do when you hit rock bottom? Right. And it's her way to be able to pick up the pieces and maybe see what what is still out there to give her a glimmer of hope, you know, but there's a part of her that also feels like because she lost everything 
there's that like disconnection of it that she feels comfort as well with these with these different windows with these different worlds you know she there's no commitment at that point and so there's a combination of wanting the connection but also wanting to kind of hermit crab herself into this reality that this lonesome reality that she's kind of given like made herself um be a part of Hey, I guess I'm going next, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, no, what was it like getting to work with William Forsythe? I mean, I love me some Billy Forsythe. That guy's a legend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, as an actor, it was literally for me like a masterclass. You know, he, for me, he was very, very giving with me, and um, basically like. You know, he would, we would, in between takes, he would talk to me about his, uh, you know, other sets that he was on and, and give me advice. And um, it, it was so fun because uh, there was a couple of takes where we just kind of started improving a little bit. And um, in one of the improv, or we were just kind of like rehearsing right before the, right where they were like changing the, the cameras and we're just improving and riffing a little bit in one of the scenes and i remember that i like we he said something and then i had to respond and i respond i responded something and i broke him he started cracking up he started laughing so hard and i was like i did it i won i can retire i can go home now because i was so proud that i made i made him break you know while he was trying to be really he's one of the most like serious actors i've ever worked for or with and like it was just so fun to see him be like all right you got me um he, but he is he, a serious actor he, he plays the detective to the absolute t but he, he's also one of the masters of the subtlety uh, i mean acting for him is the neck up and it would have better what a, you know could you ask for a better actor that could teach you especially when you're you're strapped to a wheelchair i mean he has so many just different like he's serious but he's also portraying a range of emotions just through his facial features um you know surprise uh shock faint shock anger uh stoicism obviously he gets that one easy um, but it, it, he's one of those actors that you can just study his face throughout the film and uh, you can almost read his thoughts. And uh, I've always enjoyed uh, watching William Forsythe on, on, uh, on camera. Uh, it's just because he's one of those actors actors that um, the, the professional, um, he, knows what he, he knows what his role is um, on, on the set. Um, he's, you know, he's not a steam sealer, uh, so to speak, but when he's there, it, you feel this kind of brownness, you know, uh, when you're around him. You feel like he would embody the uh, the character that he's portraying, and it, it comes off so easy when you're watching him. One hundred percent, and he cares so much. You know, he cares so much about at least what I was able to witness. Like he came in, and he was like, you know, he came in with his own prop, and he was like, I think that this would work, and and uh, you know, it's it was just so refreshing, and and. I guess fulfilling for me as a scene partner with him just to see, you know, someone that's been in the biz for years and still loves it. You know, like what what a treat to work with someone who has been in over 200 films 
and does not take one moment for granted. You know, how humbling is that? It's, it was just, it was, it was such a treat working with him. He was, he was awesome. Yeah. No, we, we, oh, he was really, ahead. for a long time, he was preparing. He was, you know, I, the, from the moment that we signed him on and he was constantly like, Hey, what do you think about this? And I, is it okay if I change the line? I kept saying, listen, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty low maintenance. Like, you know, you can change the line. I'm not going to get upset. Are you sure? You know? But yeah, and and then he's got he's got a couple of really funny lines, and you know, in the in the in the uh, film, and he just totally delivers it, you know, just with just completely deadpan face, and he just does it, and it comes out really funny. Let's not forget too that Michael Pare also is another yes. actor who yes. has had the career that well that uh, Mr. Forsyth has had uh you know is is in this and he brings his usual easygoing charm uh you know that's just swagger really easy. yeah really oh, yeah yeah he he is just such a uh you know such a he just seems like as a guy's guy uh you know kind of uh kind of thing and uh uh i'll bet you had some do you have any you know good vibes uh working with him Oh, I mean, he's swagger number one. I mean, he walked in, he's chosen to set, and it's just such a kind. I mean, we were we got very lucky that our entire cast, every single person was so kind, and everybody behind the scenes was so kind. So everybody, you know, uh, you know, we came in with this goal of making this great film, and and uh, it was no different with with Michael. Michael was actually on set the least amount of time but he definitely put like a staple in this film and he, you know he's just like such a a prominent character and he just came in and he was so prepared and he was just so go with the flow you know he was like he we at that point had already kind of gotten used to working on that set that was a little different than you know being in a regular set and uh he came in he asked questions and he just kind of was like how do we how do i help fit into this puzzle and this like family that's already been built and he was just such a go with the flow and so i mean we were just so lucky to have two amazing actors that have so much experience be so excited to tell this story and just make it the best it could he was great well and i do have to say i want to throw in too that i fell in love with your therapist uh christopher <laughs> milan He's going to beat me to it. Other say this why is the like Milan part of the show now. Why isn't he like you know a major major film star? He is gorgeous. You tell him I'm in love with him. Really, this is just uh, yeah, know, this is just something. I'm done. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we like to break for a moment for Kevin but to recoup. <laughs> no, I will say that he he just he has an easygoing charm uh, about him, a very disarming personality, and right, yeah. uh, I could see the chemistry between the two of you, Diana and him. Uh, was that? Was, did you just hit it right off the bat? Hit it, hit it off. Yeah, he's like as charming as he is on screen. He's a, that charming in real life, and he's just so funny. Like, I think that I, my way of breaking the ice is I try to make people laugh and he beat me to the punch. 
And then it just like, you know, we were we were uh, on set together the longest. So we we had a lot of time and we actually we all we all kind of lived in the same house during shooting because uh, it was the height of COVID. So we were also like kind of quarantining in one place and stuff. So it was really cool because we would, you know, we would record, we would film and then we would come back to the to the house he would go work out as he clearly seems like he does no <laughs> and I'm not- i didn't get that impression <laughs> and wait a minute no shirtless scene come on blue <laughs> at least one but i will say the behind the scenes shower scene. that's uh, hopefully I, it's there i will say that it's not that lou didn't try <laughs> <laughs> that's not true just kidding just kidding. just kidding just kidding i might old, have tried <laughs> pull the old eddie murphy boomerang trick where you say okay this is the scene where we're, it's intimate and it's steamy and you're gonna shoot with your shirt off <laughs> yeah. He's ha- all- I, this is the second movie I do with him and that did happen in the last movie so watch the last movie and he comes out shirtless in that one <laughs> thank you watch 73 minutes it's on Tubi you you know and he, and he and the funny thing is in that one I was like well I don't know you know you're just coming out of the shower I'm not sure that you know uh, maybe you can be like uh, like buttoning up your shirt and he's like no no i'll i'll be shirtless so i was like okay if you're sure and he was like yeah yeah, yeah shirtless so oh yeah you, you get to see him shirtless <laughs> that one. thanks for looking out Lou. Yeah, thanks sure for looking out sounds like you had a confidence problem about him right you had to collect something <laughs> you know he he knows what he looks like but i will say he's very humble like he's a very humble and giving actor and was just like you know he's just he's funny He's funny. He, you know, he has you in stitches the whole time. And, you know, it was like, it was a constant, like, back and forth between either Chris and me or Chris and Lou or me and Lou. And it was just, we spent a lot of time when the cameras weren't rolling, just kind of messing with each other and laughing. And it was, you know, it's such a good environment on set to have uh, Chris there. I had a sort of an odd question. uh, the uh, young black lady who's complaining that she's lonely—that's Jovan Hayes. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm looking at her IMDb, and there's, there's nothing there that jumps out at me. But she sure looks familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, am I seeing her somewhere on like on social media doing something, or aware of that I've seen her? Not that I know of. Maybe I don't know. But she's so immensely talented and a sweetheart. And she can't look like a sweetheart. And, and just, I mean, from the very first time, I mean, she is the Miss Lonely Hearts. She's the modern version of that character, right? Um, so, but from the moment, from the first time that she shot, everybody was just, you could, you know, you could hear a pin drop in the whole place. Everybody was like, oh, she's so good. So yeah, immensely talented. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if you, she does become a big name and you here i get to hug her cool go out uh and for Six me feet away, I, Al. go ahead <laughs> now um i was gonna ask uh lou and diana where can people uh our, our listeners find you guys if they want more information about your upcoming projects or whatever you're working on lou you want to go first <laughs> I guess um, I am uh, at uh, Ms. Ms. Lou Simon L O U S I M O N on everything except Twitter because I got off Twitter once you know Darth Vader took over. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 
Uh, I am at Diana, D-I-A-N-A, Garley, G-A-R-L-E on Instagram and at Diana Garley actor on TikTok. And that's as far as my social media goes. But I also I have a I have a website, too. And I, I tend to keep my followers pretty, pretty updated. So so be sure to follow. There's a, cool, a bunch of cool projects coming up for me. So I'm excited. Awesome. Awesome. Now, uh, will either of you be representing Nine Windows? At the Spooky Film Festival? Both of us. Yeah. Oh, cool. And, and Christopher's going to be there, too. Kevin. Are you like Kevin? Oh. <laughs> I'll give a hug from him for you, Kevin. More than a hug, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, we, we, oh, Mark and this one, not for kids. Okay, that's, that's going to that's gonna cost you, man. <laughs> All right, I'll throw something your way. Come on. <laughs> well, I'll throw what you're throwing, man. Well, I want to thank you, Lou and uh, Diana, for coming on, uh, talking about Nine Windows, uh, giving us the opportunity to uh, watch the film in advance, and uh, hopefully uh, the audience uh, can glean some some awesome little clues that uh, they're only going to be able to solve by watching this film at Spooky Empire. Um, it's, it's on the film festival circuit. Uh, do you plan on having it screen anywhere else yet? Uh, I know we're we're playing uh, the week after in uh, Rome, Georgia, the Rome International Film Festival. I nice, think. congratulations! And then I think, and then um, we're still waiting. Like, man, that's one great thing about Spooky, you know, from a filmmaker's point of view, is that they tell you ahead of time with plenty of time. Yes. You know about the selection because the other ones will be like two weeks, and you're like, I mean. I, you know, a flight now is going to get so expensive, and they wait yes. till the last moment to tell you. I wish that everybody followed suit and, and gave you at least a couple of notice, you know, months notice. They've been excellent to work with. Uh, you, you're you're in the best possible hands uh, with the Spooky Empire. Um, I, this is my third time going. So oh, nice! I'm having a fun nice. there, so I I know. Nice, nice. <laughs> well, hopefully, um, you two and Al can uh, sync up again. Uh, at Spooky Empire and uh, talk a little bit more about the film and uh, maybe even if it's uh, I don't know what date maybe it's post screening uh, we can talk a little bit uh, spoiler free uh, interview and really get into the uh, nuts and bolts of the film but uh, we'll see either way it's coming up soon uh, where we're at just over a month before uh, Spooky happens um, but yeah thank you very much for coming on and uh, Al you want to go ahead and take us out of course, thank you all for being here once again, and we love being here with you. So remember, watch horror films, keep America strong. That's our show, everybody. Have a good night. Thanks nice. for having us, guys. Absolutely, thanks for coming on. All the best on your upcoming projects. Yes, all, all the best. I can't believe I've never done this podcast before. I've done yeah, so many podcasts. Time make sure to tell Christopher OnlyFans, OnlyFans, only an account, you know? For sure. Kevin's just going to throw his credit card at him. Here, just that's it. it. <laughs> I got your next movie right there. You know, you, you can do like a Scooby Doo thing in, in Cuba where there's a horrible sea monster, a big white bloated thing, and it turns out to be a, a you know, fat one eyed American or something. It comes out of the surf. And there you that's go. What actually is. He's wearing a mask. And, and that can be the monster there. And it, it can have a one two punch about a. Commercialism, capitalism, and, and toxic waste and other people. Get out of here, everybody. <laughs>